time for rolling. The right targets. That is one trade. T Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boy Top. Surrey Strike is not oh. enough. Because it goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's got to get two. Lost Boy oh, Top. Oh, Lost Boy Top. He does it. He gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret. He lives two. Welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, the weekly podcast that brings you Vainglory Esports. From predictions to recaps and analysis, we present to you the best in professional Vainglory. Now, here's your hosts, Inglis and Krutzloth. It's Time for Rolling Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Endless55, and welcome back to episode 48 of Time for Rolling Esports. Uh, on this episode, we will be doing a recap episode of Split Number Two of Weekend Number One. I am joined with my code, uh, my code host, my co-host, as always, Crude Sloth. How's it going? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? I think he's gone a robot already. Uh, Belligerent, how are you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am well. He sounds good. Belligerent. All right. Belligerent's mic check works. Crude. We'll we'll get back to that later. Um. Yes. We we can. We <laughs> that can... was me just being. What? That was me just being me, just saying what's up, what's up, what's up. That was not robotic. All right. Well, it's it's not. There's no time for me messing around right now. Crude. We're all business. All Come right, on. Sorry. There's always time for messing around on this show. Yeah. We. Dis- See, I love it. We discussed that going into these that we need to stay focused, and now we've been recording for 18 minutes that no one's going to hear because I have to cut it. <laughs> All right, so looking at EU for uh week 1 of split 2, um it was a kind of crazy weekend. Uh, salty potatoes kind of, you know, let us let us down. Mouse Sports with this uh, new Leon pick. I know we kind of discussed this. We were all like, eh, you know, it's Leon. We'll see We'll see if they even get along and if it works out. And, I mean, spoiler alert, it, it worked out pretty well for them. They uh, performed performed pretty good all weekend. Uh, first matchup was Calamity Reborn versus Fnatic, though. Fnatic does take them down uh, 2-0. Uh, and the next matchup, we do have SK versus Dynasty. That was the only best of three in day one. SK does prevail. Those are some crazy close matchups. Dynasty is getting better and better. Uh, they SK moves on to day two. Salty Potatoes versus Mouse Sports. Mouse Sports does 2-0 them. Uh, I think the starting lineup was uh, was Leon in the lane. I think Leon was in the lane. Trust Man roaming, and then I'm the Doom Jungle. I don't know. If- I believe you are correct. Of day one, well, uh, did it switch? Maybe I I don't even know if it switched. Yeah, no, yeah, because Leon played every position. Oh, okay, week. cool, cool. So yeah, um, in day one, I think he at least against Salty, I think he was the laner at that time. Anyways, uh, they do two O Salty. Last matchup is Clash versus G two. Uh, G two does two uh, O Clash. So uh, day two, Fnatic versus SK. SK has been, you know, dominating. Fnatic's been struggling, trying to get back to their old ways. Uh, you know, it's not going to happen in this matchup. SK does go ahead and win it. And then uh, looking at 
the Mouse Sports vs. G2 matchup. You know, uh, G2 unfortunately had a couple misplays, uh, allowing you know SK or uh, allowing Mouse Sports to perform well to defeat uh, G2 2-1, and then the finals is SK vs. Mouse Sports. You know, I was kind of surprised Mouse Sports does win this two to zero. SK doesn't even get a game off of them. Um, third place. Fnatic vs G2. Uh, do you, any of you know who won that one? The current picture I had showed Fnatic won, G2 won. So I don't even. I think it was G2. Uh, give me one second. Uh, the it was G2. Yeah, G2 won two to one. That's the final that I have on the bracket for Europe. For the third place. All right. So that is Europe. Um, our points. Uh, Crude and I we did all right. Belligerent. He made a little little risky. Uh, Risky calls. You know, the SK uh, SK call was him saying that they're just getting back from Las Vegas. You know, maybe they're not going to be as prepared on uh, 2.9, which I think was kind of true. We kind of did see that play out by the end of the weekend, but SK did have enough to beat Dynasty. Uh, so, Belligerent does get two points uh, for EU Day, or all of EU. Crew does get uh, six points for all of you, and I get five points crew did correctly pick that g2 uh victory in the third place matchup i know belligerent he's uh you know had some pretty good weeks up to this point this is his first week he kind of finally knows what it feels like to have a two-point week uh he finally he finally knows how i feel did you ever get the points fixed yes i did the, the final points were the correct points at the end of the last time we recorded it was belligerent 33 crude 28 me 27 so you were ahead uh by five at the time okay just checking and originally i had you ahead by one so yeah that was definitely wrong but now now we have everything has has shaken up na gets even better so if you thought belligerent did bad in eu hold on because (laughs) it's gonna get worse All right, but uh, real quick, Crude, any highlights from EU that you want to discuss before we do move on? Uh, I mean, the only thing I'll say with the whole mouse sports thing with Leon, uh, like we had talked about how we weren't sure if they are going to be able to communicate and stuff. I'm going to stick by that as far as like, okay, yeah, great. They made it to the championship, won the championship the first week, but that's one week. Uh, we'll see if, you know, it hangs in. I'll, I'll start to be more of a believer if it happens, you know, next weekend and maybe the weekend after that. but. Um, yeah, we'll see. That's the only thing I really want to keep my eye on for as far as EU and the switch, the switch up. Blizzard, you got anything? Yeah, kind of the same thing. I, I'm curious to see how this mouse sports thing plays out. If they're going to continue switching up positions and stuff. It worked this week, maybe caught some people off guard, maybe caught some people not knowing, but I've never really seen it work any other place. And so I don't know if I can continue to work if they're not going to play specific roles just because at some point teams are just going to, you know, pick against what's showing up and not worry about who's where and who's playing what it does make banning a little bit harder. If they can, if this is something they can continue to do at a high level, because you can't target ban, like you can't target ban. I am the dooms Kestrel if it's going to be Leon in the jungle and I'm the doom in the lane. So I'm curious to see how it works. I will kind of go the direction of crude went in and be a believer 
you know, after another week or two, if they can continue to hold it together. Uh, But right now, I'm not completely convinced that a team can actually make this constant role change work at this level. Yeah, I mean, you kind of see teams wanting to have players who are, uh, they master certain positions. You have a player who is the best in the lane. So, um, we, you know, maybe there's certain comps that they run best if Leon's in the jungle on this hero. So, I mean, it may work, but eventually you would think teams would catch on to a pattern or maybe find out which uh, comp they're trying to target. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can hold out. But, uh, you know, I think SK still is obviously in a pretty comfortable spot. Uh, they definitely want to keep making it to the finals at least. Not, I mean, at least they're making it there. They're still getting a good amount of points to just keep their lead in order to secure that uh, world spot. But uh, moving over to NA, we can start looking at our uh, our picks over real, there. Real quick on EU. Real quick on EU. One other thing that I just want to point out is if SK finishes third place or better in this upcoming week, what Mouse Sports does doesn't matter. Right, and what Mouse Sports does... will be too far away. Yeah, I mean, what Mouse Sports does doesn't matter anyways, because if Leon's not even going to travel, then who really cares? Like, if we're not going to see a full team on the stage at Worlds, then why even worry about them? Right, well, I mean, they still want to try and get the world spot, but at this point, they have a maximum of 35 points available to them. If SK, well, I guess SK, if SK finishes second, if they can finish second next week or pick up six points at any point in time throughout the season, Mouse is eliminated from world contention. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's kind of set in stone. Uh, Crazier things probably could happen, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm still I'm still sticking with SK playing pretty well for the rest of these splits. Uh, But that is that is a good point. NA, though, you know, we have a lot of teams in range. Uh, obviously, TSM did take over. Um, well, TSM is still in second at this point, right? No, TSM is first. Going into this first weekend, they were first? No, no, no. They started off second. They right? ended in first. Yeah, they right, ended in so first. Spoiler alert, everyone. They end up in first at the end. Oh, I thought that's what you said. <laughs> no. I only listened to about half of what you say. So I confused myself, so it's okay that you're confused too because I was trying to think what they were before, and I was like, wait a minute. I've already done like my prediction of next week, so I, okay. I knew what points they had then. Well, actually, just to correct what I just said, they were third, Rogue was second. Okay, okay. All right, so you know TSM obviously was in uh, trying to get in that first position, and so at the time it was Cloud Nine's in first. It doesn't matter about first. We're sh- looking at second, but you know if a team does pass Cloud Nine, get into that first place spot. Now we're looking at more of a wild card. Anyways, let's go ahead and look at these picks. Then talk about our picks. Talk about maybe break down some of these matchups, some of the crazy ones. There were a lot of good matchups uh, in A specifically. First matchup, of course, uh, starting on uh, Cloud9 versus Tribe. This was an extremely good matchup right away. You know, we see just kind of crazy things start happening with drafts. Um, just, you know, we get we get a lot of heroes this first weekend that we haven't seen in a while. We get we get a Saul ban right away from Cloud9. Obviously, DNZO, they know that they know that DNZO has been playing Saul because he Zio does play it a couple more times in this weekend. So obviously they Cloud Nine of course has done their homework. Um, but real quick, first game draft Cloud Nine bans away the Kestrel Tribe bans away Catherine. 
uh, Cloud9 goes ahead and picks up that box, and then they ban away the or they pick up the Lyra. Second ban is the Rhyme, and then second ban for Cloud9, like I said, is that Saw. And then we see um, Tribe pick up the pedal. Cloud Nine's last two picks is the Arden and Kashka, and then Tribe's last pick is a Reza. So we see Reza on the fold. Reza obviously has been tested out by Tempo in the first split. Uh, now Reza is actually becoming viable. People are starting to get used to Reza. Uh, he's he's pretty strong. Uh, Creed, do you want to talk about this game? It was a close one, 16 to 14. Final kills, 25 minutes, back and forth, pretty much all game long. Yeah, I'd say pretty much that Reza was kind of the key to this game. I'm not going to say it threw off C9 because I don't believe that. Like, I mean, they're pretty prepared for everything, but uh, I think T-Tigers just played it extremely well, this Reza. Uh, D'Anzio getting the weapon power pedal. He didn't do as good going 5-8, and eight, but, um, you know, he helped deal out a lot of damage to that Kashka and to that Vox of C9. So... I guess the thing that I would say most about this game was that I think personally T-Tigers was a big factor in this one, which is good. Uh, I, I've been wanting to see T-Tigers get back to those old ways of, you know, him him giving the biggest fear to like, you know, Von C and Von C saying that's his biggest competition because honestly, I don't think I've really seen it that much lately of T-Tigers. So uh, yeah, belligerent, what do you got on this one? Well, I think uh, something to just, talk about right now is how strong the jungle position is right now this is our first week on 2.9 and reza got a buff so it's not like it's people are just suddenly figuring him out it's just that they he's stronger and aftershock is stronger in 2.9 so he is much stronger and we're getting to a point where there's almost four junglers that you really have to consider banning when you're talking about kroll rhyme black feather and reza i mean reza is super strong black feather is broken and that's really why the Reza stands out in this game, and I believe a few other games throughout the weekend. Uh, it's just he got he got a few statistical buffs, and then plus aftershock got a huge buff with everybody getting those HP um, changes. So that's where the Reza really came online. And yeah, this this. Uh, the series between Cloud9 and Tribe was really just just a a bloodbath uh, between the two. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we need to do point out that Max Green did not play for Tribe. It was uh, Zelsiar, um, which personally he did really well in that that Rome position, that captain position. He made a lot of great plays. Uh, I don't know if you know Max Green may have just had something going on, couldn't play that week, and I don't know if this will be a normal thing in the future. We'll have to see. Uh, but you know, mega subs, LCR, he did, he did a pretty good job, but this first game real quick, I'm just going to point out and then we move on to the next one that it was basically Reza jumping on top of old school's box. And then it was, I love Joseph's Kashka jumping on Dianzio and whatever carry could kite away the most with enough peel from their roamer, they would win that team fight. And that's why the kills were 16 of 14. It was just whatever laner could survive long enough, survive the burst coming out of, I love Joseph and T tigers. Uh, both of these assassins builds are the exact same. You have two tigers have just tier one boots, and Isla Joseph has tier two. But other than that, everything is the same. So uh, we may have—I don't know—we'll see if we have this standard build of aftershock, uh, the dragon's eye going into the piercing. I think it's broken myth they were trying to build into, but um, it was just kind of up to the captains to keep their carries alive. Yeah. 
Yeah, and pretty much any hero who uses Aftershock in their kit, uh, we're going to see get really strong right now. Yeah. All the base health has been increased, which means Aftershock does more damage uh, because Aftershock works with you do more damage when someone has more health, basically. It's probably a poor way to explain it, but... Yeah, well, Aftershock's uh, passive does 15% of the hero's health and damage on the following basic attack. So when you when all the health has raised, that 15% gets greater. Right. Uh, so because it's a percentage of health damage, uh, it just it got an unintentional, I won't necessarily say unintentional, it got an indirect buff by all of the HP changes that came across the board. And I mean, we're talking some significant changes is where, you know, you look at heroes like Glaive, Lance, Finn, who were previously uh, basically top of the tier as far as health, uh, somewhere between 2000 and 2200 uh, at level 12. Now at top of the tier, you're talking up in like the 2700 range is where pedal with the lowest health, is at 1900 so the lowest health now is was almost the highest health in the previous patch so that's really what happened and what came across and i would suspect i don't know anything but i would suspect to see aftershocks percentage of health get nerfed right and it may only be a percent or two it may be five percent who knows what they're going to do to it um i'm not sure if they really saw it coming or if they're just now realizing it but I'm going to suspect that that 15% will drop a little bit. Yeah, kind of an unintentional buff to Aftershock. You know, if you're going to raise the health, then obviously that passive and Aftershock will work better. Um, but for Game 2, Tri-Bridge Cloud 9, uh, crazy things happen here. They ban every single player or character they did in the first game. So Catherine, uh, Kestrel, Rhyme, and Saul are gone once again. So clearly these teams have done their homework. Uh the carries do switch, though. Vox is picked up on Tribe, and Petal is picked up for Cloud9. I Love Joseph does not like his Kashka pick, so he does go ahead and pick up the Crystal Black Feather in this case and goes ahead and goes down that route uh, pretty strong. We see him going 5-2. and two. Uh, Old School does pretty good on this Petal. Pretty much everything is flip-flopped, and Cloud9 played uh, Tribe's comp just as well as they did, and they go ahead and win this game, so... The teams basically switch comps, and you see which comp was better. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with what you said. Uh, it's, it's Blackfeather. You know, the Crystal Power of Blackfeather. He went five and two. I love Joseph. Uh, I don't know. Belligerent maybe could probably break this one down a little bit more um, quickly, I guess. But yeah, okay. So old school builds three tornado triggers. That's pointless, right? Like by the time you get to your third tornado trigger. You can't, you're like getting maximum attack speed. Like, wouldn't it just be smarter to build a Tyrant's monocle? Yeah, that I do remember seeing the triple tornado trigger, and it didn't make any sense to me either. I don't know why he did it. Uh, because the heroes, from what I understand, uh, basically 200% attack speed is where they max out at. So right. after you've gone two tornado triggers, that's basically the maximum that you can attack, even if you build more. And the reason is that's as fast as the animations can reload. So the third tornado trigger didn't make any sense to me. The only thing I can think, and I'll try and look it up while I'm typing, but the only, or talking, not typing. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is that maybe it's cheaper. Is it a cheaper item? Oh, yeah. I, I maybe. Because once you get to, like, 
two tornado triggers. They have a what's the um talk? I'm looking up item percentages. I don't have all this shit memorized. Well, I mean, I think I mean, yeah, but you can get some crit out of it too. But yeah, you I mean, do get right, crit. right. Well, but that's what I'm talking about. You, yeah, you you get crit, and I it feels like here. Let me, I got it up right now. It um, is at a tornado triggers at a cheaper price than what Tyrant's monocle is, right? Right. So yeah. tornado trigger does twenty percent crit. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, thirty five percent critical chance. So at two tornado triggers, you're at seventy percent, and with so with the third one, you're at basically max critical chance. Every attack is going to crit. You're actually at one hundred and five percent, but that's pointless. Um, as it it gives the same crit chance as oh okay, that's why he's doing it. See, I never noticed this before, and this is actually interesting that we're talking about it. So, uh, tornado trigger does the same amount of crit chance as monocle, which is 35%. Hmm. However, tornado trigger does more crit damage. You're talking 20% crit damage compared to the 15% crit damage. So you're actually getting more critical damage out of the tornado trigger than the tyrant's monocle. I can't do this type of math in my head because um, monocle gives you 60 weapon power. So I'm not sure where the calculations come out at as far as what, you know, considering what 55% crit damage with 60 additional weapon power does compared to 60 crit damage without the additional weapon power. So I can't do that math in my head right now, but maybe their analyst did the math on that and they decided that the additional crit damage out of the tornado triggers uh was more powerful than the 15 percent plus 60 weapon power out of the monocle that's the only thing that i can think of that he would why he would go with that build yeah that's pretty interesting i mean mm-hmm. he he did in some at in some of the fights like he was in a safe position where he just stood still and the pedal was like shooting insanely fast like at that point the pedal is shooting so fast that the only time he's really kiting and canceling animations was when he's like running away. So, uh, yeah, pretty interesting to see that build come out triple uh, triple tornado trigger instead of building that extra tyrants. But Cloud Nine does one second game. Um, they do just basically switch drafts. Moving on to the third game, though. Um, once again, we see you know another pedal comes in for uh, Cloud Nine. Uh, they don't ban away the saw, which immediately uh, you know Dienzio picks it up. I, I don't know Dienzio you know, must be have been playing well with it during scrims and stuff because he's putting, you know, pretty big emphasis on this. I have heard Saw maybe a good counter to, I don't know, is Saw a good counter to Churnwalker? I've heard that before, but I don't know if that's real because Cloud9 does pick up Churnwalker. So I don't know because TSM uh, beat the Saw with the Churnwalker right. when they played Tribe on day two. Because what Flash was actually doing with the Churnwalker is when, whenever Saw would get in range to or close to the turret range, he would hook him and actually pull him into turret range. Right. So I don't know if it counters the Churnwalker or not. I do know that Dienzio was playing Saw. He even played it against us in our third place match. So I th- Saw just Saw actually experienced a buff. His, uh, he got a weapon buff, so there is some validity to saw in two point nine, and I think that's probably where the saw play is coming from, other than right. just thinking that it counters Churnwalker. Yeah, yeah, the buff was 
was pretty big there. Um, but this game was another close one. These teams were going back and forth. Uh, the, the pedal was a crystal pedal this time, and the Vox, obviously, in the lane was weapon. Uh, Dianzio's build was triple uh, Tyrant's Monocles instead of triple Tornado Trigger, so he was probably maxed out on his crit as well. Uh, and then T-Tigers was on his Kashka that he has dominated with uh, for so long in the past. Yeah, the only thing that I can see on this matchup that I would want to talk about was I thought it was pretty interesting that Gabe Bizzle, he gets that Churnwalker and he builds that Echo. You get that double stun from that on that ultimate. Uh, I think it worked pretty well. Uh, Belligerent, do you know, like, I mean, have you, have you kind of looked into that at all as far as, like, using that Echo with that with the ultimate on Churnwalker? Well, I mean, there's there's certainly some, some some validity to it. I mean, Echo can play almost into any of the captain right. kits. The only thing about Churnwalker that kind of limits that as compared to when you think about it on other captains, such as uh, use, even using Kroll Captain where you can throw out the From Hell's Hearts twice or Kashka Captains when you can use her Yummy Catnip Frenzy twice or Lyra where you can echo her Bright Bulwark twice or anything like that, is with Churnwalker, it's not an immediate echo. Right. Because... When you, you use Turnwalker's right, when you use Turnwalker's ult, it stuns anybody who you have chained, but it breaks the chain. So then you have to rechain everybody before you can actually use the stun. Now, in a prolonged prolongated team fight, uh, there's definitely some validity to that, and nothing says that you have to stun and then immediately stun again. That's just traditionally how we see the echoes used. Uh, another example is. Uh, Catherine's silence, right? We see the silence and then it's immediately silenced again. Uh, we saw it when Captain Batiste was the thing where they would fear and then generally echo it and fear it right away. But that's another, the fear is another one of those where you can use the fear to cause the disengage, echo it, and then have it for later in the team fight. And that's going to be more right. where the echoing the Churnwalker's ult is going to play in where you're going to use the stun, echo it, and then you're going to wait for that fight to continue going and look for another place for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, the Saul wasn't crazy, like, successful. He went 6-6. Six and six. It wasn't like he actually dominated T-Tiger 7-2. and two. So I think it was just the fact that he was such a threat that uh, Cloud9 felt like they had to focus the Saul and try to get him off the fold because, obviously, once he gets spun up, that's when he's doing a lot of damage. Uh, so, um, you know, they all have or two of them were the two of them had the atlases or actually no only Gabe had atlas the other two looked like they were trying to finish it which probably would have been helpful if they had the chance to finish their atlases but uh, maybe if they had more atlases they would have been able to uh, stop that saw from spitting out so much damage but they do win that uh, third game 14 uh, to 10 cloud nine does drop we're seeing cloud nine once again kind of you know kind of struggling not being the dominant team that goes to the finals every week uh, we'll have to see this upcoming weekend what does happen. We'll talk about them later, obviously, in our uh, prediction episode. But um, that is our first game. That was a pretty long series. Obviously, we just talked about it for a pretty good time. Um, the next matchup yeah. I want to talk about, though, is Nova versus Gangstars. Um, going into this matchup, you know, we thought it was going to be pretty much you know, Nova dominating, uh, you know, kind of absolutely just destroying gangstars you know it kind of 
happen in that way. Gangstars was getting some good team fights though, getting some decent kills. Uh, they first game run a weapon power Rona. That was kind of interesting to me. Um, seeing Lulu kind of do a, a pretty decent job on a uh, weapon power Rona in the lane, especially Truth doing back with his uh, crystal powered um, uh, Idris, and then Lone Delphi on the broken feather uh, weapon power in the jungle. So this was a pretty good matchup. The final was uh, obviously um, fourteen to eleven. Nova does sneak away with his first win. Crude, what is your main points we're gonna talk about for this matchup? I mean, honestly, I don't have a whole lot of, on this one. Uh, Zeno playing on that that Crystal Baptiste, though. Uh, I noticed he built uh, the Eve of Harvest. I thought that was kind of interesting. Normally, we used and on older on older, uh, you know, like two point eight or two point seven. Uh, we saw, you know, a Shatter Glass, Broken Myth, and the uh, Clockwork. I know, you know, times have changed and stuff, but I thought it was kind of interesting. He was, you know, using that Eve, so. Uh, other than that, I really don't have a whole lot on this one. But, uh, Belligerent, what do you got on it? Well, <clears throat> so first, I, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, um, but I do want to clear a few <laughs> things up because they made some comments on stream about how like we should be dominating the teams that we're supposed to beat and stuff like that, and we seem to struggle with them. So this first match, I was not part of the draft. I was there, but I let them draft whatever they wanted. Um, so it was kind of a community thing. Left, our analysts got involved. And honestly, and I even told them this, that any other team that we face beats us in that game because we gave them Catherine Batiste. All right. Uh, and a pr pro tip, if anybody didn't notice or hasn't figured it out yet, clockwork on Batiste is broken. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that Clockwork does cool down every time you land an ability with how fast Batiste can throw out the bad mojos and the ordains and then some more bad mojos, I mean, you can reset that fear so fast. Uh, there's no reason that we should have won this game, but the reason that we struggled in this match is because our draft wasn't on point. Our draft wasn't, you know, it, it was just a bunch of mixed focus. Um, we had, you know, there was multiple people kind of making the picks in the draft. So that's why we end, we did the weird ass first ban Koshka. Uh, so it just, it really didn't have to do with us not executing our gameplay is the reason why we didn't look dominant against a team who has no wins. It, it was more just our draft. It wasn't on point. And I wasn't really part of that draft, uh, but I do believe that probably just about any other team in the league, except for maybe Tempo Storm, beats us if they, you know, in with those comps because it was just kind of all over the place. Yeah, you will see uh, Gold from the Fold top play in that matchup. It's not even during really a team fight. It's kind of after a team fight happens. Uh, everyone, I think everyone dies basically for Nova. Truth is being chased down. Truth somehow runs past the shop, sells his house on chargers. <laughs> he he yeah. buys tier two boots. He uses them to escape. He dodges out with his uh, A ability, whatever that's called on Idris. He comes back to the shop, then buys war treads, and then uses his war treads. Ika was alive. I do need to point that out. I do remember that now because there was a Vanguard in there that helped him out even more. But then he buys War Treads to help him get out again. So it was stupid. Like the fact that he was able to sell, buy, sell, buy, and click that fast while being chased. I that, That's just crazy. 
Well, and and the other thing to point out about that is the reason that he was doing that is because they were keeping Lulu from porting back to stop the Kraken. Right, right. Right. That's true. Kraken was being pushed down, which allowed did that end the game then or did that just push down the last couple of times? Yeah, that that no, I, if I recall correctly, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that ended the game uh because afterwards I believe Truth ends up racing to the base and Eco kept Lulu kind of contained yeah if at, i recall correctly yeah, and they the, went and finished at that point there was it was 12 to 9 and the final kills were 14 to 11 so that makes sense there probably wasn't much that happened after that and there was only two minutes so yes that definitely happened there was a two minute crack and push so yeah that was insane to think that truth wasn't only just trying to survive he was basically stalling the game in order for them to win so uh, it was pretty pretty good from Nova and Truth there at the end of that matchup against Gangstars. Going on into the second draft, though, um, this is when we start to see, quote-unquote, not meta, I guess, but some heroes come out that are played more and more throughout this uh, weekend. Nova does pick up the Ozo. Humanist is rejoicing wherever he's watching this at. And then Gangstars pick up an Alpha. So uh, this Alpha was weapon, though. Uh, most of the week we see a Crystal Alpha. I think it it kind of worked uh, unfortunately lulu on the crystal powered um lyra wasn't as effective but honestly the main story is lone delphi going um eight and two on this crystal ozo acro bounces were crazy um he was just making some crazy plays eco was on the flicker as well which was the first time we've seen flicker around in a while so uh, it was it was basically a vision war. It was kind of just crazy seeing the mines popped here, there, everywhere. It was just it was it was it was a pretty good matchup overall. Yeah, I don't really understand the Crystal Power Lyra, nor do I want to. So that's fine. Uh, I would yeah, obviously would have preferred to see a Crystal Power Alpha in that situation. I thought that's what it was going to be until I saw that. I mean, I remember even the analysts talking like, okay, maybe we'll see weapon power art in here. But they ended up going with the Crystal Power Lyra. I was like, oh, this is okay. Like, uh, you know, no we, offense to Gangstar. We've but... seen it work in the past. Yeah, okay, yeah, we've seen it work. But, I mean, if this was TSM or Cloud9 trying it out, maybe I'd have a little bit more faith. That's all I'm going to say. So, uh, Belligerent, the only thing I have a question for you is, did you have much say in this draft? Because this draft was very interesting. Yes, this was completely my draft. <laughs> this was... This I of I even I said I'm drafting this time. Nobody else is touching <laughs> anything. I am drafting. Uh, what I will say is that we did have. I actually had a different comp planned. I'm not going to say what because we might run it later. Uh, however, Gangstars made an interesting choice to pick the alpha with their second pick, which showed us what their jungler was going to be. And we felt like that alpha was going to counter what I had planned. And so that's why the Ozo came out. Okay. So um, Finn, maybe yeah, it was a Finn. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, there was a different jungler I had planned that we felt like alpha countered uh, more than we were comfortable with. So we went with Ozo. Ah, it's beautiful. Pick. Uh, the, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Lots of people enjoyed it. Everybody wanted me to play it again on day two. Uh, we didn't necessarily find a good place to play it against Hammers, although I think there were some places uh, the players just weren't necessarily comfortable with it. And, you know, sometimes in draft, it's you have to, as a coach or an analyst when you're prepping these drafts, 
there's a fine line between just picking what you're going to pick and making sure the the players are comfortable with what you're going to pick uh, going up against a team like Gangstars or Tempo who are just struggling tremendously this season obviously neither team has even picked up a win yet it's it's i feel comfortable telling them you're going to play whatever i want you to play so and vice versa like i said in the first draft i kind of let them uh, make their picks i will say with the lyra i understand why they picked it because they were trying to counter the ozo the okay lyra's b the bulwark the bulwark, yeah. the bulwark. so here's however here's the problem with lyra into ozo is that if ozo has already started his acro bounce it doesn't matter whether he's inside or outside of it, it the bulwark will not stop the acro bounce it also will not stop the bangerang it just slows it down kind of like what it does to Catherine's Merciless Pursuit. So unless you have great timing, which I did see, I believe, once in the game where Delphi tried to jump on Lulu and, you know, face planted into the side of the bulwark. Um, unless you have great timing with it, the Lyra doesn't really counter the Ozo because as long as he completes his first jump first, he can continue through with all three jumps, even if he's inside the bulwark. It doesn't stop it. So, so why don't they just pick up Lance? Like, well, because then who are you going to lane with? I mean, you might as well put Lulu on weapon powered uh, Lance in the lane, and then put Zeno in the jungle uh-huh. with and Crystal. then and then we we would be talking about why the hell there's play weapon powered. <laughs> True. The, they uh, they to, in in my opinion again, I call it an interesting decision, uh, but. I kind of see it as a mistake. They made the mistake of first picking the alpha. Right. Which, you know, which made us go with Ozo. Had they not done that, then we probably pick what I originally had planned and then they could have countered us with the alpha. So I think that draft, the way that draft played out was what lost them that match. Uh, And then the thing about, and I, you know, there's some of these these things I don't mind sharing on the podcast just because I'm sure everybody else knows it, at least at the pro level. So it's good for listeners that aren't at the pro level to hear it so they can up their game. But Ozo, Ozo and Rona have been very strong for a while. They're just not in a good place. Like Rona has always been secretly OP. We saw that in the spring championships in London where C9 basically rode Rona to the championship. She's been strong for a while. For whatever reason, she doesn't get played often. Now, in recent times, I understand why with the introduction of Batiste and the buff of Catherine and the introduction of Grace, there were just constantly too many stuns on the map for Rona to make sense because everybody, or should know at least, that Rona is countered by stuns because if she can't use her red mist then she can keep going or if she can't use her red mist i'm sorry then she's really kind of worthless in fights there's much better there's much better brawlers to pick over rona if you take that red mist away from her and that's what heroes like catherine grace uh batiste all of that can do but now in the 2.9 meta with teams picking, you know, preferring Arden or Churnwalker, who does have a stun, but it's only an ultimate. It's a very long cooldown. With a lot of the heroes that we've seen in like 2.7 and 2.8, uh, 
where it's very stun heavy and very crowd control heavy. We're not seeing that now because Arden is so much stronger because of his Vanguard and the changes to the, the health. So Rona is in a good place now because you can build comps, you can draft comps, and you can just wait for the opponent to draft a comp that doesn't have stuns because the chances are now higher that they're going to pick, they're going to draft something like that, especially if they pick an Arden or a Lyra who are, you know, I don't know the exact stats, but I'm pretty sure they're two of the more favored captains in this 2.9 meta. And a lot of the same can be said for Ozo with no stuns. And then especially once that you already show us that you're putting Arden on the board. Now I know that you're not going to pick Lance, especially when you put Arden and your jungler on the board. I know you're not going to pick Lance, you know, unless we were playing SK and have Cavalifar laning Lance. (laughs) The Lance is not going to come out once you've picked Arden and Alpha. So Ozo is also in a good place because the things that counter him are not meta at the moment. So there are a lot of these that are, the, we're going to see a lot of these heroes kind of rejuvenated because some of their counters are coming off of the board. Yeah, so our next series is Tempo versus Hammers. I personally don't have much to talk about. I mean, uh, the hype about having starting all over back. Uh, I, I think personally these first series, you know, starting was just getting back into the swing of things. The first game, the final kills are 9-9. You know, starting is on the box, goes 5-4. and four. Uh, you know, Hyde and Gatsby, they look decent. Playboy Afro is in that captain position. Uh, Lost Boy Toph is off doing TwitchCon things for Tempo Storm and doing all that, so he didn't play that weekend. Um, so, I mean, the first game, Hammers wins. Um, I don't know, you know, status goes on that. Um, that Reza, which he did play well, he does play well later on yeah. again. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to talk about their anything for this first matchup. The second matchup is just as boring. It's 11 minutes long. There's really nothing to talk about in that one either. Yeah, I don't have much to say about the first one. Second one, uh, every single player still has their health spots at the end of the game. So I mean, if that <laughs> says anything, yeah, yeah, it definitely went quick. Status eight and zero on Crystal Rhyme. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't even watch this match. So. I can't really give any feedback. I know that's unfortunate for somebody in my position to say, but I had other things going on this weekend, so uh, my mind was was elsewhere after our match was over. Yeah, Status's rhyme was ridiculous. It was eight and zero in the second one. They went ten and one on the in that game. That was the kills ten and ten to one. Well, and there's a reason, like I said earlier, that I mean, talking Blackfeather and Rhyme, and then probably in the second tier, Reza and Kroll, of heroes that are almost, that you almost have to perma-ban at this point, because yeah. they are so strong. And we saw, we saw Rhyme was, you know, that strong last patch as well, so... Not surprised that status goes whatever you said it was eleven and zero eight and zero eight and zero on rhyme, especially against Tempo Storm with a uh, with their substitute captain. So yeah, they played crawl into that rhyme. So which was you know crawl into rhyme can work, it can be successful, but they literally just like start snowballing and they just group up in the lane, just push down every turn. That's all they did. Like. Tempo oh. couldn't stop them from pushing. Like it was just stupid. Like starting yeah. was just throwing out glimmer shots over and over on 
like two tier uh, he has two full items two full tier three items that's it but he's still just chunking down turrets and they win by literally a minute 11 18 like it was just stupid the game the game was over after the three minute mark we just didn't know it yet like i mean like that's how like the snowball was going like yeah so all right, so then the last matchup was the off-stream one, which was our match, at least my match to watch, uh, Crude's match to watch, Belligerent's match to watch, was the Nova versus Gangsters, because that's when we were going to see crazy things happen, which we did see Ozo and Flicker, and that was crazy. So uh, he, he crazy. And in, in fairness, I did not have that draft planned when I said that. <laughs> well, I'll, whatever draft you did have planned may have been a little more sane, but I'm still interested to see what that one was. <laughs> But the, the Team Solo Mid versus Rogue, we knew it was going to be a good series. Um, that was obviously over on the Viz League. I don't like how people necessarily say off-stream. I get that it's not on the main one, but it's very easy just to pull up like a Twitch on your other device. Maybe it's not that easy. Maybe I'm just easy for me and just watch Viz League as well. Uh, anyways, that's not important. Well, on that on that note, maybe our, maybe you don't know about it. Maybe our viewers don't know about it. But there's this really awesome website called Multi Twitch. Oh, and you can watch. Yeah. So if you type in multitwitch.com forward slash, and then you put in the name of all the Twitch channels you want to watch, so you would put in multitwitch.com slash vainglory slash visleague. You can actually watch both of them at the same time. You can even participate in both chats at the same time. Gosh, listen to the guys. Listen to this for, podcast. Forget, you... the, forget the listeners not knowing. I didn't know that shit. Like, what? Why didn't I not know that? <laughs> yeah, this podcast, guys, you, you just get knowledge dropped on you. Like, you just get random things like that that just changes your life for good. Like, now I can watch an entertaining streamer and watch Bangalore at the same time when Bangalore is not entertaining. Not that it's not right. always entertaining, but <laughs> delete that out. Delete that. Yeah, delete that. Sorry, <laughs> Bangalore, you're always entertaining. Um, Team Solo Mid, though, they do. Uh, first draft, I was kind of surprised with what they ended up going with. Uh, I think they lost for a reason with their draft. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not a bad draft. I can't say that. But Von C does do some questionable things, which I'll ask Belligerent uh, when we get to it. Uh, they do pick up a Catherine, a Petal, and a, vo- uh, or a, a Vox? No, wrong. A Jewel, a Lane Jewel from Best Chuck. Rogue does get, obviously, the Rhyme on Pawn. Uh, Evolves on that Arden, and then Hammy's on the Vox. Um, bands, I don't think they were too crazy. Obviously, you're seeing some junglers being taken away with Cruel and Blackfeather on TSM, and then Rogue's taking away... Uh, Lyra and Baptiste, which Baptiste could have been that OP jungler right now with the clockwork. Um, but zero kills from TSM. They don't even get one kill. Uh, cr- or, you know, Rogue gets nine. Pond does an extremely good job. Crude, uh, what do you think about this? And then Belligerent, my question to you is going to be about Bonsi's build, but I'll let Crude talk first. All right. Well, I don't have screenshots for either one of these because right, I didn't know about this multi-Twitch thing. So, but next week, mark my words, I will have the off-stream. I will be able to talk about it. So, go ahead and fast-forward to Belligerent here. Yeah, okay. So, Frostburn on Petal that doesn't work anymore. Like the Munions don't apply a slow anymore, right? Correct. Frostburn does not work on the Munions anymore. You can still apply a slow by exploding the Munions. Okay. You can still apply a slow if they run into the seed. Okay. Uh, but it can no longer apply the slow the way that it traditionally does. So 
uh, most people are going away from the Frostburn build pedal. Yeah. I don't know why Von C built it this time. So everyone, Von C. Everyone kind of screenshotted it and was like, "Did Von C not read the patch notes?" <laughs> they were kind of everyone was because he he bought it early on. It wasn't like a last item thing. Like he literally did buy it pretty quick, like you some people normally do. Yeah. Like, well, like I said, I mean there there is still a certain amount of validity to if some you know for slowing somebody down if they're running away and you explode your munion. That yeah. explosion will cause a slow and give your team a chance to catch up. However, it doesn't work the way that it used to, which makes it f- probably far less uh, what you're trying to accomplish with pedal. Right. Yeah, so game one, TSM struggled. I was like, ooh, this isn't looking good too good. But uh, TSM does uh, kind of change some things up. This is when they pull out the Churnwalker in game two. This is when Flash starts becoming Churnwalker and just playing so well on it. Uh, Rogue, once again, does pick up the Rhyme. TSM, you know, not feeling the need to ban that away. Uh, Rogue's been first picking it like they have in the past. They also pick up the Lyra and that Weapon Power Kestrel. TSM is back on that pedal in the jungle again. Churnwalker in that captain position and then a box in the lane. Uh, much much better job for TSM. Von C builds the same exact stuff though. That Frostburn, he's still he's still using it. Uh, but best Chuck on the box. He was able to get some more kills. Unlike that jewel, just didn't work out for him. And this is when our, our first time we actually get to see Churnwalker win. Uh, first time we get to see Churnwalker make some make some pretty good plays here. Crude, I oh yeah, I forgot. Sorry, Crude, I forgot. You don't have anything about this. Um, yeah, no, not really. So belligerent. I, I want to talk about the uh, the semifinals and the championship. Yeah, I'm so I I didn't get to watch this either, obviously, because it's playing the same time as our match. And um, while I do know about multi twitch, I'm not gonna, you know, I gotta pay attention to what's going on with our match. Don't but you dare start I, an off stream match. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm curious though. And I ha- I'll have to go back and watch this, but Turnwalker into Rhyme really makes me wonder if that is a good counter because of the additional damage, even if they're not attacking him, if that can keep his fortified health under control. We already know that Rhyme has an issue with sticking to a target, so being able to pull him back from a target uh, with those chains, I could see uh, playing well into Rhyme. I don't know exactly how this match played out because I didn't watch it yet. But there are some interesting things there with Churnwalker into Rhyme that that I seriously need to study um, because there it's it's definitely tantalizing to to think about what may or may not work uh, with that. Yeah, so I mean it works for TSM in that game. Then moving on to game three, Rogue obviously didn't really know what to do with it. Doesn't want to think about what he to do with it, so they ban away the Churnwalker. Uh, they do pick up that Baptiste though in the jungle which, uh, you know, Pondus didn't look as comfortable on it, which is, you know, worth noting if Pond's maybe not on his comfortable Rhyme, Kestrel, those kind of heroes, maybe even Blackfeather. Uh, maybe he seems to struggle, uh, but TSM does go win this game 15-5. to Best Chuck in the lane on that pedal. We kind of see the weapon power pedal. Von C has been starting to dominate on Rhyme more and more. Uh, so these last two games was definitely, um, was definitely TSM getting back to their ways. Rogue does fall and, you know, not able to pick up the points they needed to continue holding on uh, to that second place. 
Uh, if no one has anything else, we can move on and talk about our semifinals. Yeah, I don't have anything else. All right, so semifinal number one. Uh, right away, we get to see, uh, I believe it is... Ember's Tribe. TSM Trip Tribe. Okay, sorry, I had to switch devices to get that uh, picture. All right, so looking at game one of Tribe's TSM, uh, we do see Tribe ban away the Rhyme right away. Uh, TSM goes ahead and bans away the Kashka. Obviously, T-Tigers, they want to keep that away from him. Uh, Tribe picks up Arden, and TSM does pick up that Black Feather. They go ahead and ban away the Crawl. Uh, Tribe bans with the Lyra. Uh, we see Tribe pick up Areza, and then TSM pulls out the Churnwalker again. Uh, we see Tribe finish with a Saw. So we see DNZO playing Saw again. Obviously, this is a thing. Saw is uh, obviously a pick that DNZO likes. And then the Alpha is picked up from TSM. This Crystal Alpha is absolutely insane. Um, I don't know if... The, I think the the Saw just had struggle like staying safe. Best Strike was able to jump on top of Saw a lot. Obviously, Von C was hitting his you know his skill shots, his abilities a lot, like insane amount of times. Von C was just looking insane. Uh, we're gonna skip over Crude real quick. We're gonna go straight to uh, Belligerent. I have a question for him about this game, and then Crude will break down game two. Uh, but Von C on the Alpha. What has changed with Alpha that is making Alpha so strong in the current 2.9.1? Well, there's a couple of things that have uh, really changed Alpha and making her strong. Uh, again, the Aftershock, any uh, hero that's using Aftershock, I'm assuming you're talking about Crystal Alpha. Correct, correct. Okay. Uh, Alpha also did receive a weapon buff, I believe, in 2.8. So she's kind of received a couple of buffs. Um this one more indirectly because of the items. So uh, the aftershot getting buffed really helps out the crystal path on alpha. Also the clockwork. Okay. So aftershot clockwork with the way the clockwork works and how often she can land her core charge and her prime directive and then just core charge again. Like you're talking about seriously cutting down on how fast she can reboot. So that's what has made her strong in this current meta are the changes to these items that we're seeing that it just really play well into the crystal alpha kit yeah so i mean i don't know if vonsi was going to finish she did build broken myth aftershock looked like he was going into uh one of the maybe a shatter glass or a dragon's eye so uh i think he does build a clockwork later on um or he just always sticks with aftershock broken myth but uh anyways that that was a good matchup, Crude. Uh, they go ahead and ban away Cruel. Tribe counters that, bans away the Rhyme. Uh, TSM picks up the Black Feather, and then Tribe picks up an Arden. Uh, Tribe bans away Lyra. TSM bans away Akashka, which allows TSM to, or I'm sorry, Tribe to pick up the Alpha. And then TSM is allowed to pick up that Churnwalker and then Celeste. And then Tribe rounds it out with the Petal. Um, you know, I mean, D'Anzio on this pedal ends up going 1-11, but I mean, just be honest, no one really did good on the Tribe side. Uh, the final kill count was 23-4. to four. So yeah, the, the guys from TSM, they pretty much dominated this, dominated this game. Uh, I don't know, Belligerent, do you have anything on this one? Uh, no, I, again, being right the match right before ours, right. I, I don't really okay. get to watch. Next semifinals, we do see Nova versus Hammers. 
Uh, this is going to be a matchup where we're going to have to see starting over, step it up, play better, or we're going to have to see maybe status becoming the player uh, that plays the player of the the match, I guess, or the player of the series, the MVP. Um, this first matchup, obviously, Belligerent has these matches down, knows the drafts. Uh, you guys' first pit ban is the is the rhyme. Which status has status been playing rhyme? If I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Has he been playing good rhyme, or is it just the respect of rhyme being OP in general? Uh, for me, it's really just the respect of rhyme being OP in general. I didn't like. I didn't watch. I didn't really pay attention to uh the, the hammers tempo game, so I didn't see the eight and zero rhyme that status played. It's really just. Uh, rhyme being kind of out of proportion at the moment so right. uh, just kind of one of those like i said you got rhyme black feather kroll uh all kind of insta bands so and black feather leaving the black feather open like we did um even though i believe they ban it no you guys uh, pick it up first oh do we pick it up okay yeah but yeah. so that's that's a flex pick right so that's something i can play in the lane or in jungle as where if I ban Black Feather and leave Rhyme open, then it's only jungle I can play him. Right. So this first game, let's just not waste our time on it. We see Nova have Black Feather, Lance. Obviously, Bludgeon's gonna be mad at me because I'm not letting him talk about the the good things. I don't want him to talk about the bad things. But we have Nova winning with the Black Feather, Lance, and Alpha. Obviously, the Alpha was really strong. Lone Delphi nine and two did a great job on it. Uh, and then we see Hammers have the Kestrel. Uh, the, they do ban Churnwalker, and then they get the Arden and the Samuel. Nova plays extremely well. Uh, starting over, goes 5-7. and seven, Gets some kind of questionable positioning issues with the Kestrel. Nova and Lone Delphi does a particularly good job of jumping on top of um, starting and status on that Samuel. Nova win games one, so we go to game two. These are the mat. These are the uh, the drafts I want to break down specifically, get some knowledge uh, from behind the scenes with Belligerent. So... Hammers is on side A, Nova is on side B. Hammers bans away um, the Catherine immediately. Nova bans away the Black Feather. Uh, Rhyme is first picked from Hammers, and then the Kestrel is picked up from Nova. Ke uh, Nova bans away the Lyra, and then Hammers ban away the Arden. So we get a first or a second pick of Fortress from Hammers, and then Nova picks up uh, the Lance, and then Hammers picks up Adagio, and Nova picks up that uh, rona so the rona was interesting to see i was like well maybe we'll actually see a you know crystal uh kestrel in the jungle throw that uh rona in the lane you know rona get all that get all that farm get all that good gold but you know we see a double weapon we see you know lone delphi play the rona i was just kind of more interested on in where these players you know where the characters end up being played in the positions obviously that adagio is a weapon power as well which was kind of interesting in this matchup So is there a question there that you're asking? I want you to maybe explain the thought process of why Lona, Rona didn't go in the lane. I guess that's my question. Uh, because Rona is a hero that I don't know that Truth has ever played. So, okay. um, yeah. And, and Truth on Weapon Power Kestrel is typically pretty ungodly. Um, like, he... This is the first time, maybe the second time, I think, that we've been allowed to play Weapon Power Kestrel in the last three weeks. Right. So 
uh, Kestrel is usually taken from us, which may have ended up being why we were a little rusty on it, but also, um, so this is like, I, I take the fault, the blame for this. Yeah. I mean, the Rona I felt was a good pick. Um, Kroll was our other option, but they didn't have any stuns on the board. I don't believe. Rather than I the mean, root from the rhyme. Well, the but the root, root does not stop her red mist. Uh, he does have a he does have a stun if he manages to land that Valkyrie dead center, um, but that is blockable as well. The problem that we had with the Rona is that we just got so far behind. It took Delphi forever to get his breaking point online, and by that time, I believe the game was pretty much over. Um, you know, I'm I'm basically screaming at our analyst left as we're watching the game about this breaking point that's not being finished. Uh, like Rona needs that Serpent's Mask breaking point and then tier three defense items for her to be for her to be legit. Had we got there, we win that match. You see team fights where Rona just starts wreaking havoc. Uh, because all of those heroes are designed to do exactly what Rona needs, which is stay engaged, right? Fortress has nothing to offer his team other than staying engaged. Rhyme has nothing to offer his team other than staying engaged. Uh, one-on-one with the Serpent's Mask and a breaking point, Rona's going to beat Rhyme most of the time. So Delphi was behind. He didn't get his breaking point on online fast enough. He didn't get shield fast enough and so ryan was damaging rona more than we could afford because and which limited how long rona could stay engaged uh i there were there was a couple of people that questioned the rhyme comp or the rhyme the rona pick uh especially with kroll being on the board but i like i i would do it again the Rona is not the wrong pick into that comp. It was just that we fell behind. And I think we were prioritizing some of the wrong items as far as getting that Rona online. All right. So game three, then Nova hammers. Um, the draft for Nova is the Arden, the Daggio in the Reza, the Nova does ban away black feather and crawl. And then Hammers, they ban away the Rhyme, they pick up the Lyra, uh, they ban away Petal, and then they pick up Kestrel and Alpha. So Hammers with the Kestrel Alpha, it was a pretty strong combination. Status, you know, didn't dominate on the Alpha. Uh, really, Hammers didn't dominate at all. Nova ends up with the kill. They're winning with the kills. The final kill score is 12-7. to 7. Uh, You know, Lone Delphi on the... Um, Reza did well. The truth with the weapon power, Adagio did well. You know, it was just a mistake later on in the game that just really cost Hammers or cost Nova the game. Yeah, we see like Eco even was going to that double, um, uh, double metal jacket there to try to just be that line in that tank again, starting all over. And uh, I mean, like pretty much like Endless said, it was you know they they won kills, they were dominating in that aspect, but. Uh, the that end mistake. I don't know if Belligerent wants to talk about that maybe a little bit, but uh, it kind of cost them the game there. Status didn't play that great on that Crystal Power Alpha, but yeah, what, what what's going on, Belligerent? 
What was the mistake you pointed out? I'm sorry, I missed it. We didn't actually point out a specific mistake. Oh, it was okay. just the fact that probably there there must have been a mistake. I don't remember specifically one. But. Yeah, so there was a mistake in the last team fight. It was really an easy fight for us to win. However, what lost it for us was Eco didn't flare out uh, starting on the Kestrel in the last team fight. So we lost track of where he was. Uh, and that's really what lost us the game. I believe the kill total was significantly on our favor. There was no... Re- and then, yeah. There, and if you take out, I believe if you take out three of those, we were up like 12 to four because of that last team fight ace. Yeah. Correct. Um, so, I mean, we were well ahead in this game. We made two mistakes. The last being that last team fight where Eco failed to flare out status. Or not status, starting... They need to find players with different first letters in their name. (laughs) But the other big mistake um, that we made was that happened before that was there was a team fight. I believe it was a team fight, but it was just like a skirmish. Nothing really happened from it. And then for some reason... I'm and I'm guessing I don't know I didn't talk to him about it and I haven't watched the video back yet but we port back to base while they're all around Kraken I'm guessing that it was to buy infusions because they kind of had position on the shop but porting back to base and leaving just eco there was a huge mistake and maybe it wasn't eco that we left I don't remember but I know that we ported back to base which basically gave them a free Kraken. Right. Yeah. Uh, which then led to that last team fight. I think, no, I'm sorry. The last team fight came later, didn't it? Uh, uh, happened yeah. around the Kraken pit. But yeah, porting back to base and giving them the free Kraken was a huge mistake. Serious error in judgment on our team's part. Uh, probably putting too much emphasis on the... Uh, infusions like I know especially at the pro level especially late game it's really hard to win a fight without an infusion but you can't just give over a free Kraken to go get an infusion so that was a mistake especially the way that we were dominating the game we didn't need it Yeah, we can't do it you can't make that mistake and we did we ported back we gave them a free Kraken which I don't think ended the game but I believe it gave them all of our turrets Maybe it ended the game. I'm a little fuzzy on those last few developments in that game. Um, but And then I do know in the last team fight, it was either by the Kraken or immediately after they took the Kraken. We didn't flare out status in the middle of the team fight. We lost. I said status again, didn't I? We didn't flare out starting in the middle of that team fight. We lost track of starting. It was really an easy uh a easy fight for us to win if we if we throw that flare right yeah so unfortunately the nova you know the mistakes does cost them uh that series hammers does get to move on against tsm in the finals um the first game tsm does pick up the black feather alpha and arden that is kind of a comp that has been pretty successful we've seen a couple other teams run it um Obviously, Blackfeather does go in the lane as a weapon power. Von C, uh, 11 and 4 on this Crystal uh, Alpha, does extremely well. 
for the hammer side, they pick up the Lyra, the Vox, and the Ozo. The Ozo is back. Uh, status goes nine and six. So this wasn't like the most, you know, wasn't the cleanest uh, match for either team. Starting goes two and seven. Again, you know, starting maybe having some questionable positioning. Um, uh, status going nine and six, obviously kind of carrying, keeping uh, hammers in that series. Uh, but TSM still does prevail at towards the end. They make uh, the right calls in the team fight and win it to push and win the game by minute 21. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing to look at in this game would definitely be the fact that Mouse Sports won this game. Uh, I know Belligerent doesn't have the screenshots, but Endless, you have screenshots, right, at the end of the, the builds when it pops up, right? Sure do. Does it say or does it say Mouse Sports for you at the bottom? Ooh, it does. Another production. <laughs> yeah. Nice production. Uh, maybe we could put that on our little fail for. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I thought that, that was pretty funny. But no, yeah. I think the big thing is obviously the Crystal Junglers taking back over again in two point nine here with the uh, the new Crystal build pass. Uh, you know, Von C going eleven four on Alpha and Status, like you said, going nine and six on. The Ozo, um, pretty excited about that coming back. But yeah, TSM wins this. Belligerent, do you have anything on this one? Uh, no, I didn't really watch okay. it. Um, it was it, it was nice to again where we were dealing with our plays match at the time, um, right? So I wasn't really watching it, but I'm really I'm. I'm kind of taking credit for influencing the Ozo coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to see another team pick up the Ozo. Yeah, I think uh, it's viable. Yeah, it's definitely viable, especially if they're picking, you know, a, a, a comp that's not stun heavy. Like the last, you know, 2.7, 2.8, even probably 2.6, the meta was very crowd control heavy. And we're seeing that go away because of the Ardens getting stronger and things of that nature. Yeah. So, I mean, seeing these new jungle, like the junglers being the powerhouses, basically, uh, a lot of teams trying to figure out what to focus on banning away, what to pick in their jungle, uh, can kind of win the games. Uh, second game, uh, we do see Vonsi on his crawl once again. Uh, he hasn't played it much this weekend, but they kind of pull that back out. The Trainwalker is pulled out for one last match. Flash X wants to prove that it's still good. And then they pull out the uh, Celeste along with uh, Churnwalker. Hammers, they do ban away Blackfoot. They pick up the Rhyme. We see uh, Status back on this Rhyme, which he does well. Once again, he goes 11 and 5. He gets a lot of kills. Starting on the Weapon Power Kestrel, decides to go 2 and 7. So like he's just struggling. And then we see Eco on um, Arden. Eco's final build on Arden is a Sorrow Blade. Uh, he must have sold his build uh, late on and started buying other things. Uh, I'm sure he did not have Sorrow Blade during the match. So, or not Eco, sorry, Chicken. I don't know why I said Eco. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, wait a second, isn't this Chicken? Well, it's just like the last game, how Mouse Sports supposedly won that. I'm just throwing in random players' yeah. names to confuse everyone there, even there more. Let's hope. Everyone doesn't hear this podcast before I edit it. Because yeah, it's been a rough one. <laughs> they would never listen to it. So, let's see. Do I have any questions for Belligerent so that he can have one last uh, one last thought before we end it? I don't know if I do. Is this going to be the standard Celeste build? We got a, a Broken Myth, Eve of Harvest, Shatter, or not Shatterglass, uh, Clockwork, and Dragon's Eye. 
You know, I honestly don't know what the standard Celeste build is going to be. Um, or maybe e- any mage. Th- yeah, I think a lot of it is going to be dependent on like what the other team is building. I think that Frostburn needs, especially on Celeste, I think Frostburn needs to be in there somewhere. But again, you you have to decide. Do you want the stacking? Do you want the pierce? Do you want the slow? Um, it's really tough call now that they've broken it up. And I love that it's a tough call is where most other people are complaining about it. But I love that you have to make these decisions rather than just having it be the same four items all the time. Uh, I personally might lean towards ditching the clockwork since, I mean, let's face it, her heliogenesis is available in like two seconds all the time. Anyway, um, the difference being that with the old build Frostburn clockwork, once you get Frostburn and clockwork online, you almost guarantee yourself the supernova hitting. So I I don't know exactly where this is going to play out to. I don't know exactly what, the new build is going to be but if you i almost if you don't have frostburn i don't see the point in clockwork right because both combined is kind of what allowed her to almost guarantee her supernova hitting so right. then you have to decide do you want to give up the stacks or do you want to give up the pierce and i think a lot of that's going to depend on what the enemy team is building if the enemy team isn't prioritizing shield then I think that we're going to see uh, the Frostburn come back and maybe the, the Broken Myth go away or something like that. But right now, I think teams are just trying to feel out what exactly is going to work on these Crystal Paths. Right. So to... I have... Hold on. Hold on. I got a quick oh question God. for Belligerent real quick. Flash X made it a point that uh, Churnwalker, you know, is was kind of maybe underestimated by some other some other teams because no one else really played it other than C9, I believe. Uh, we definitely didn't see it in Europe. Uh, do you think that, you know, Churn Walker is going to be more viable this next week and other, we're going to see other teams start picking them up? So here's the thing. I think other teams are going to try to start picking them up just because of the way Flash performed on him. Right. I don't know if they'll be successful. And I think... I think that Churnwalker to me feels like a very flash type hero. Churnwalker takes a lot of attention and a lot of strategy, right? Like you have to position yourself in the right place to and and, and be and, and be watching the the way the game is unfolding, because if you're not in the right position, a tug might bring them closer when you don't want them closer. Uh, right. Things of that nature. Like flash to me has never been like the top mechanical captain in the game, but he's always been the most cerebral captain in the game. And to me, Churnwalker feels very cerebral. It's like we were talking about when we talked about Churnwalker and the echo earlier is that, you you can echo the ultimate, but then you have to actually think about chaining them again. Yeah. And to me, it feels very flash flash type hero. And it's the same way as we've seen in the past, where Flash has always been really good on Arden, regardless of whether Arden is meta or not. And the reason is because he's very cerebral about where he puts his gauntlets. Like I remember scrimming against him when I was coaching Gangstars 
and consistently, not like once and it was a fluke and it was like, oh my God, that's a cool play. Consistently dropping the gauntlet wall on two or all three of our players. He just waits for them to position themselves in the right place and drops the gauntlet on them. So Arden is another one of those cerebral heroes, especially when it comes to the gauntlet, who to gauntlet, where to put the gauntlet. And that's why Flash has always been good on Arden. Same thing when we saw TSM pull out the flicker and be very successful on flicker back in the spring season. Again, not your typical captain where your mechanics and just making godly mechanical plays is going to get you by. Flash is the first one that figured out Flickr. And to be honest, really the only one that ever figured out Flickr on a consistent basis. So Churnwalker to me feels like a very Flash type captain where it's not, it's not mechanic. Like there's almost no mechanical skills involved in Churnwalker. You're throwing chains at people. Right. It's all about where you position, how you position, when you use your stun things of that nature. So I think that we'll probably see more teams pull out the Churnwalker because they saw how how successful that Flash can be with him. But I think it'll probably end up being another flicker type thing where it, nobody has the same success rate as Flash has on him. And I think that we're also going to see Churnwalker get much stronger when 5v5 comes out. All right, so TSM does end up winning that last game. They do take the championship once again for the first, or for they take the championship for the first week of split two. Uh, real quick, the points for NA, um, they are TSM. They have taken over the top. They are at the top with twenty-two. Cloud Nine has twenty. Rogue has seventeen. Nova has thirteen. Hammer uh, Hollywood Hammers has eleven. Tribe has ten. Gangstars and Tempo is zero. Uh, when we come over to our fantasy picks, our points, uh, Crude was able to manage eight points uh, for NA. I was able to manage eight points as well. Villagerant, like we had mentioned, that he did struggle in NA as well. He did pick Cloud9 uh, to win. They dropped, and he did pick Rogue to upset TSM, and they dropped. So unfortunately, uh, he does not have uh, his finals correct, obviously with Nova obviously losing in the semifinals. So he picks up two. So our Final points are as belligerent, his handicap is finally showing. He has 37. I have 40, and Crude is in the lead with 42. So our points are What's set. Um, we will see belligerent. I'm sure he will make a comeback next week. Uh, you will be hearing our prediction episode later on during this week. That is all we have for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this recap. There was a lot to talk about. As always, I appreciate the co-host coming on, Crude Soft and Belligerent. How about you guys sign off? Uh, I am Belligerent. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Belligerent underscore VG, BLG3RNT. All right, and thank you, you can guys. follow me at Crude Soft VG. Thanks for tuning in to Time for Rolling. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play Music and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Time for Rolling and at TFR underscore esports. Until next week for another edition of Time for Rolling. Time for rolling.